0: well swords are gay swords are gay swords are gay swords are gay and swords are gay it's homo sword Perior.
1: issue 163 and if you couldn't tell that was ryan krull singing the theme instead of brent wingate mm-hmm. uh i did miss the sword uh noises but you did a better job singing Thank so you. it's More kind of a, of a wash feel yeah yeah uh i'm kalen I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And we've got two special guests today uh, from XReads Podcast. We've got Chris and Chandler. Boys, thanks so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. Uh, Please introduce yourselves.
2: Happy to be here. This is Chandler with XReads Podcast. Um, And this is is Chris.
3: My second (laughs)
2: appearance. I know, right? That's our our order, right? Hi, everybody. This is Chandler. (laughs) that's That's our usual... That's our, yeah, our, our running <laughs> order, our, our, you know, our credit order. No, um, this is my second time on Homo Superior, so I'm super, or yeah, Homo Superior. I almost said Homo Sword Homo Superior. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm happy Acceptable. to be here Yes.
3: And I'm totally happy to be here. I'm Chris Riley. I am Chandler's friend who does uh, the co-hosting for him.
0: <laughs> oh, that's where right. I know you from. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I also, uh, I, uh, me and Chandler, we talk about issues uh, from more like the Claremont era and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited to be talking about ten of swords because this is current, present day. <laughs> Chandler, we we jumped into the future, man.
2: I know. Wow. I feel so current, so modern. <laughs> it's,
1: it's your it's your very own Days of Future Past. Uh, Chandler, you're Kate Pride and Chris, yes. uh, you're Wolverine right before he gets destroyed by a Sentinel. Um, <laughs> Perfect. but I will say uh, X-Ray's podcast is a wonderful podcast. I've had the uh, pleasure of being a guest star one time, talking about the very first issue of X-Men I ever read, Uncanny number 199. I love the way that these guys go into back issues Page by page, including all of the ads. Uh, and those ads from the 80s are a
2: lot of fun. Ooh, I love they it. Are... So
1: fun. I love So him.
2: much gum, guys. guys.
3: <laughs> yeah, <that's
1: right>. So
2: <laughs> much bubble yum. <laughs>
4: that's
3: right. So, so much bubble, bubble yum. Gum. And, yeah. and apple, um, what is it? Uh, Hostess cupcakes. Oh, yeah. Hostess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Fruit down. cakes. Pie. Fruit
2: pies. Pie. Yeah. Pie. All of that stuff. Yeah. Bubble yum. Um, what's the zebra? Fruit stripe.
3: Uh, I love
2: gum. It was disgusting. Yeah, I know it was gross gum, but yeah, there. Now, do you guys remember the, like candy store gum growing up? Like how it loved was it. the most exciting thing, and yeah. like you were like, "Give me grape or give me nothing or whatever,"
0: <laughs> yeah. and, and then like immediately gone after two seconds of chewing on it too. Mm-hmm. I well, mm-hmm. what was I love, the? Love
4: that. What's the? I I we, I know I want to go up on this standard because I love it. What's the six foot bubble gum? There's like bubble, bubble gum, tape, right? Bubble, bubble tape. tape. Yes. Six feet of bubble them. for you, not them, is
1: what I remember. <laughs> bubble tape and Big League Chew were my two feet. Oh, yes, <laughs> Big
0: shit. League Chew. Yeah, it's so fun for kids to imitate using chew. It's <laughs> so fucking insane. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Even more, it. more than candy cigarettes. It's like crazy. I love yeah, it. Yeah, let's train no, them the tobacco, young.
1: It's the tobacco industry definitely getting them young. You're right, Chandler. So speaking of gum, uh, let's get into uh, chapters 12 and 13 of Ten of Swords. Uh, but before that, we're just a quick recap. We have the uh, uh, what's happened thus far. The champions of Krakoa were selected to retrieve the swords and participate in a cross-dimensional tournament against the champions of Morocco. Now the challengers are on the Starlight Citadel. Apocalypse uh, finds out that Annihilation is actually his estranged wife, Genesis.
0: Uh. So we have,
1: <gasps> I know, gas, gay, gas. Oh so
0: obvious. <laughs>
1: So chapter 12 is X-Men number 14. The writer is Jonathan Hickman and the artists are Mahmoud Asrar and uh, Lenal Francis Francis Yu. Chapter 13 is Marauders number 14. The writers are Jerry Dugan and Benjamin Percy. Benjamin Percy, of course, is the regular writer for X-Force and for Wolverine. And the artist is Stefano Casali. So I'm gonna just do a quick recap of both these issues and we'll get into our discussion. X-Men 14 ends up becoming a reprint issue of X-Men 12. So that's $4 well spent. Thanks Marvel. This time we get to see the exact same story, but from Genesis's perspective, and we learn what we already knew. She wants Krakoa. Meanwhile, over in Marauders, we get the best dinner party since the film adaptation of Clue. Uh, Bay, Neg, Cipher, Wolverine, Storm, and Magic size up Pogar pog. Logan, AKA Captain Sensible, tells Brian that this could just end if he gives Saturnine what she wants, that ass. (laughs) Gorgon and Magic guess which side each Arako swordsperson favors. Spoiler alert, Iska is ambidextrous. Death and Aurora have a little dance under the sea. And War, Rupee's Wolverine, who ends up stabbing Saturnine. What did we think? And I will turn it over to Adam to start our discussion.
4: Yeah, well, before diving in, uh, Chris, your first time on the show, how uh, have you been enjoying Ten of Swords so far? Every fucking time I call it Ten of Swords or X of Swords. How are you enjoying, <laughs> how are you enjoying it?
3: I am living for it. And the reason why is because um, I recently have been getting into a new hobby, which is reading tarot cards. Ooh. And so I've been collecting all these decks and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was thinking, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be awesome if I can get the licensing rights to the X-Men and make my like own X-Men tarot deck? And like, I had this like, you know, dream for like a couple of weeks and then bam, all of a sudden there was an (laughs) announcement out there saying, oh yeah, we're gonna do this thing that's uh, Ten of Swords and it's gonna be about the tarot and stuff. Kaylin, do you have?
1: Yeah, so uh, so just a quick comment. Uh, I don't remember if you read Vertigo comics in the nineties or the early aughts. Uh, They did their own version of a tarot card with like Sandman, Swamp Thing, John Constantine, Shade the Changing Man. So I completely am behind your idea of doing a proper tarot deck with the X characters. I would love that. I'd buy it,
4: add to cart. Hell
3: yeah. Yeah, so seeing it um, intertwined with a storyline for Ten of Swords um, has been a big thrill for me. You know, just because it's like my hobbies combined. (laughs)
4: I love it and Chandler so we haven't seen you in a little bit uh how's this uh, series been shaping up since the last time we talked with you
2: uh I find it a little underwhelming I (laughs) (laughs) I only found that stasis I liked and the rest of it has been kind of build up and obviously we haven't gotten to our build up yet our climax but I really am finding what's happening now is less interesting than what was happening with Zeno and whatever other things we were battling, like the whole Brood horde that they suddenly mm-hmm. took over and in charge of a bro- of a Brood army. But forget about that. We've got swords. We've got sword things to do. Anyways, so I find this crossover event m- less interesting than what was happening in comics.
4: Interesting. Take me back. I love it. Well, let's kind of dive right into the issues, taking them one at a time, because I I imagine there might be two different perspectives on these issues. So let's start with X-Men number 14, or in Kalen's case, X-Men number 12. So Kalen, I know you hated this shit. Speak on it.
1: (laughs) Well, it's not that I hated it. It's just I had read it like less than two months ago because, you know, I started reading the issue. I like that it started off right at the end of Stasis. It's, you know, Apocalypse and Genesis are there at the Starlight Citadel. They're having a conversation, and then you know uh, Genesis says, well, will put away your sword. Let's just go take a walk and catch up." So speaking of catching up, here's X Men number twelve like, from my perspective, and I'm like, Marvel, Jordan White, Jonathan Hickman, you're making us pay four more dollars for the same goddamn comic. I was like, deja vu. I was like, and I had to, I went back between both issues. It's the exact same panels with the, uh, just a different narration. And it is so unbelievably lazy. And I like, this is the first time I've actively been angry at any of the uh, Dawn of X books. And I read all of Fallen Angels. So that didn't even make me angry. This made me angry. Chandler.
2: I was just going to agree with you but the main thing that I felt when I was reading that issue was when Genesis and Apocalypse are having their like little discussion and I like that that drama and how she was basically saying yes the twilight sword is is powerful but is it the most powerful thing in this garden? No. I like that moment. However, once she was just like, "Here, why don't you walk with me and I'll tell a story?" I was like, "How about no story and how about go to the action? Like I'm really done with stories. Let's battle
0: Brian. completely agree uh so a lot of a lot of the people's perspective on this crossover is let's get to the action already and this issue is probably the worst about it because it's so obvious that it's just another storytelling hickman one and a reused one through the lens of marriage problems it just it doesn't land at all i'm i I do like, the only thing that I sort of took away from this issue that actually did sort of make me smile was she explains her whole story. It's very sympathetic to them, the the mutants of Morocco, all of, like what, from their perspective. But as soon as she puts the annihilation mask on, she basically is like, well, I'm evil now. So that's my <laughs> intentions. So I was sympathetic, but don't, re- don't forget that I'm evil now. By the way, I mean, you're just like, okay, I get. I like it. I like I like a good, like villain, uh, like justification like that.
4: Chris, you got any big thoughts?
3: I was frustrated with the, the whole book because again, yeah, it's just a, you're reusing the same art. Like I, I almost put it down and was, and was like looking, did I read this already? I had to like look at the cover. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Totally. <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it did illuminate some exposition, but I don't think you know they could have skipped that one. Yeah. That so
2: what's going up. on, by the way? Sorry about this. This gold mask, because what we when we were introduced to the annihilation mask, it needed a host in order to like absorb and make voice or whatever. I mean, it kind mm-hmm. of talked by itself without a, a body. And now Genesis is wearing it, but she doesn't seem possessed by the mask. The mask is just something that she puts
0: on and off. What. I think she has a better hold on it, but yeah, the mask is doing what the mask wants to do, just like the movie The Mask. But like, <laughs> it's I I think I I think she is ultimately not in control. So I think you're going to see that po- power struggle of her trying to fight against that. It, yeah, bit. it's it's like hopefully, her- ho- I don't know.
4: Her control of the mask is very Jim Carrey, whereas everyone else is the dog, right? And the dog just does whatever it wants, Uh whatever the mask wants. (laughs) Um, But I I do, I did, I, I kind of read it the same way, Ryan, which was like, exactly, like she's just such a force of nature and has such strong willpower that she can quote unquote resist it, but resist it in a way that just makes her still do all the stuff it's supposed to do, but at least say, she's like, I'm doing it because it's telling me to, not because it's forcing me to. <laughs> um, but I, I did, I was gonna jump in and say, I really, Chris, on your point, I, I do think that the five pages of the actual character insight into Genesis was super helpful. and then, But that could have easily been slammed into any number of the 22 books that are coming out. And it didn't really require its own issue. And I didn't, I didn't even put two and two together of the repanels. panels and that actually does make me uh, upset,
0: more upset at the issue than I originally was. Um, Ryan? Did anyone enjoy uh, sort of the qu- very quick explanation on how the summoners were born? Were there sort of Arako mutants yeah. mixed with what, whatever that fucking place is called? Like those like evil... The, like, at the, the, the demons. Yeah, it's at the event yeah. together. I, I thought that was kind of interesting, yeah. but I... I don't know just saying it offhand i don't know if it was treated the best i think we could have jumped into summoner's story maybe or so i i don't know i i just don't i didn't love the execution of it
1: caleb i don't want to completely shit on this book but i did like that there is a um kind of a parallel or like a mirror image of krakoa's three rules with the krakoa for harako excuse me Make more mutants, destroy our enemies, defend this broken land. I mean, it's a little cutesy, but I like. I, I appreciated the symmetry there. Um, so you know, that's one of the nice things. And to Ryan's point, um, I did like you know that kind of explanation of how the summoners are created.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, really quick, uh, one thing that uh, that stood out to me in a second read through, which I hate reading comics twice, but in a second read through, is that summoner taking a piece of araco and transporting itself to Earth was against what she was working towards. I thought that was really interesting, and then that caused some sort of collapse which made her put on the mask. And so it's interesting how Summoner was doing something i think on behalf of the the children war yeah. and pestilence and, and death and everything and so she is yet another one of the many listed unwilling participants of the tournament on the arako side next to red root and the ivory tower dude so that's like three yeah people that are kind of like i guess i'll do this fight yeah. for you guys so i it, it makes the arako side really weak
0: it's perfect for setting them up for their inevitable going to Krakoa and living there and with everyone else, which yeah. I think will happen. And is it going to be
2: renamed Oraka? Are... Orako?
0: Cr- crack?
2: Crackacoco? No, never mind. I
4: don't know. Oracacaca. Yeah. Um, I have a bonus question for everybody. Mary, fuck, kill, idol, idol, or idol.
1: What
4: Ooh. did you see in the back of the book that there's idol who is also the daughter of an idol who is also the son of an idol? Um, I guess so.
2: just <laughs>
1: so, idol, idol, all three for fuck me. Fuck, son, idol, Mary, regular idol, killed girl, idol. I don't know.
4: My other joke was just who's your favorite idol? The daughter of idols, idol, or the son of idol, idol. <laughs> um, just, uh, just lots of weird naming conventions. Um, Let's flip over to a better book. Uh, Let's talk Marauders. I want to hear from Chandler and Chris. What did you love, hopefully, about Marauders? Before I kick you off this podcast for not liking it, (laughs) Chris, (laughs) you go
3: best. I love Marauders. Oh my gosh, it's so magical. Okay, so like, (laughs) I love Disney princess movies, and you know, this whole book, you know, was it could have, you know, might as well have been a Disney scene. Mm-hmm. Lots of mermaids,
0: all elements of it. Under the sea should have been playing while Storm and her and Death were dancing. It's mm-hmm. so along it's so with be odd. our guest because it should have been a mashup because it's in a castle and
1: it's very magical.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. I love Marauders. I loved Magic's dialogue. I loved Pogger Pog's rhymes more than anything. I was <laughs> like, "Yes, are we gonna get like a rhyming battle where him and Magic have to like rhyme it out?"
1: Can oh my god!
2: Uh,
1: Eminem's in the background playing "Lose Yourself." Uh, yes, like you got a little rap battle happening. <laughs>
4: just um, the normal I, normal cover of this issue is just absolutely it's incredible.
0: So
1: mm. Good, it's so good. Yes. I, like, I I did.
0: I, I, I seriously, it's oh oh that one's Ooh. gorgeous too. Ooh, oh, you, got you got That's the cool. variant. You got the variant. Chris. Yeah, who did the who did the yeah, variant? who's the artist of that?
3: No, oh, where am I just looking? <laughs> I it's don't like know. Like three but, pages in. But
2: Dodderman yeah. did the original cover, which is so gorgeous. So cool.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, Russell
3: like, Dodderman and Matthew Wilson.
0: I just love, love, love the idea of it, it's, it's got hunger games all over it. It's got like a bunch of things where uh, you got to do this yeah. big task. We're going to murder each other, but first let's have dinner and we have to interact with each other. So people are sabotaging each other. People are like sizing each other up. It is, it is, I can watch that all day long. I, some, it takes a backseat to the fighting a lot of the times because it's over so quick that like this intrigue behind it is so much better. Caitlin.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And Hunger Games is a great example of it. But uh, it reminded me of like in high school, like whenever I go either to like a sporting thing or like a debate tournament. Let's face it, it was debate because I didn't play sports for shit. Yeah, it's not like, bitch, it? Well, yeah. yeah, but, but you know, like the night before like the tournaments, like you end up kind of like hanging out with other teams. You get to know people. They're, they're kind of your friends, even though they're your rivals. And it, it had that same energy. You're kind of sizing each other up, you're doing a little bit of trash talking, yeah. uh you're having a little bit of fun. You might Yeah, you know,
0: have sex you with, with them. Something. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, 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 of course.
0: Uh but that's before, during
1: and after. Um but that's what this reminded me of and I like I love stuff like that so much and the dialogue was so good and uh you know, it's not Stefano Stefano Casali is not the regular artist in this book, but he did such a phenomenal job yeah. of capturing the body language between people. It, it's like, oh, it just made me so happy.
0: Hmm. Right. so who was everyone's favorite like little interaction during the pre-dinner party pre-drinks or the dinner party or just the dinner party that included only drinks
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, there's too many good moments I, I don't even know how to choose a favorite but I will so I'll just start by saying <laughs> I think my favorite moment was Storm's tea sipping moment where she was just like you know, whatever. It's not what you smell, girl. <laughs> like I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> and then, and then it takes a swig of her wine or whatever. I, I just I that what that moment, I mean, I saw a preview page of that before I read the issue, so I knew it was coming, and it still is superior. I love it.
3: I um, liked her dance with death. Yes. It was so beautiful and magical. Like I wanted to be so good. I, I want to dance with death too, just like that. love <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think my favorite is Magic and Gorgon sizing up everybody and then sizing up Iska. And yes. she just like, you know, makes them like like uh drop the cups or she drops she picks up the cups and then makes them drop it and then Magic does the the portal shit. I'm like, oh I like got up and like started screaming when I saw that scene. I literally did. It was so so good.
0: Magic magic was the best at sizing people up. Like, oh right-handed. Oh, Pogger Pog loves to rhyme. You know, like it was just rolling off stuff. I loved it so much. My yeah. favorite though is like, I'm obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with the four horsemen, the, the bat, the bastard children, like, because they are all so pissy all the time. War, <laughs> war is so dumb trying to poison Wolverine when he has a healing factor. Like, uh, death, death has got game. So I do give it to up for him. But then um, Famine showing up for no goddamn reason because he's like the regent of somewhere. And then if for Keen Eyes, you can see uh, Pestilence is in the, the when they do like a wide shot of like the dinner table, Pestilence is there like, I don't know, like refilling like the toilet paper or something like that. But like, they're all fucking there and you know, they're all pissed. I, I'm just obsessed with them. I don't know why. So
1: anyway. I, did anybody else find the uh, it ironic that Famine showed up for dinner party? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no not until that uh, <laughs> <That's> hilarious <laughs> uh
1: can i uh one more thing i was gonna say about that and this uh chandler this goes back to when you and i were on the most recent episode of house of x when we saw uh the tarot cards the one that doug got you know the two of the, the two of cups right mm-hmm. uh and we were trying to figure out who the other person was and you and i i think both guessed that it was uh bay or or, or by as you as you pronounce it that scene between uh Bay and Doug, where he, she, they, uh, I'm not really sure uh, what their pronoun is, uh, basically sizing up Doug and saying, What are you looking at? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that gave me more evidence that that is who it,
3: that that Bay is the one on the card with Doug. Mm-hmm. Chris? Okay, so what I noticed about our friend Doug Cypher is that he was a wallflower and he was watching everybody, and I predict. That he is going to be the most important fighter. Yeah. That's going to be coming up in this tournament because at this party, all Magic and all these other people were sizing everybody up, but Cipher's got the power to speak body language. Yes. Mm. Oh wait, another Little Mermaid throwback. <laughs> <laughs> so much body. body. <laughs> oh. It all about I love it. Body.
4: You don't need a voice. It was, it was all built up just for that punchline. I appreciate. Yeah.
1: It. <laughs> Actually, to back Chris up, I agree with you because I think totally. the issue of New Mutants when um, Magic is training Doug, like that's clearly yeah. like part of like heroic fiction. It's very Cambellian. It's like this farm boy who doesn't know how to fight gets trained by this biggest badass, of course, is going to be the main protagonist. Uh, so it completely like fits in with that with that model.
2: What, uh, b- before we move on by the way before we move on to any other questions can we just go over a few more favorite moments of this
0: d- dinner guest <laughs> yeah please please, please. Okay. I so do all day,
2: magic yeah. magic calling pogger pog a chunky dinosaur yes. was definitely a chon- one of... Chonky. yeah Chonky. So funny. <laughs> and i love how she was like trying to read her card she's like just tell me where the chair of asses is yeah so <laughs> Like, she just had all the best one-liners calling herself Magic of Magic.
0: Chris, did you like that they once again had to draw another tarot card to get their seats for the table (laughs) seating?
3: Oh, I loved it. I loved every second. I was like, ooh, I want to see each and every (laughs) one of those cards because they mean something about everything. I just, (laughs) it was... I, I loved everything, I loved all the symbolism and all the uh, magical imagery in this book,
1: Kalen. Um, One more moment that I like of a character that I don't really have a lot of fondness for, Wolverine. I, I mentioned it in the recap, but him just going to Brian Braddock and saying, just fuck her and we yeah. can end this. And he's like, no, I'm a married man. It's like, we live on Krakoa. There's polyamory <laughs> like left and right just go do this but but it's such also, a great moment
0: you could tell your wife maybe like oh i saved 20 people and also yeah, two right. fucking worlds <laughs> so it? it meant it meant literally nothing to me but yeah also we're probably hooking up with other people anyway so who cares
3: chris right. i want to take a vote okay i would take one for the team yeah um, would- like Like, would
4: you if someone was like could you just fuck this random person to win the election for whatever you want i'd be like yes done now immediately absolutely
1: absolutely (laughs) don't wait
4: for november 3rd i'll do it right now who is it how is it going (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i think it's a bit ridiculous and actually very heteronormative that they'd be like Look, the only reason we can't bring this to a close is because I just have to stay really uh, chased for my my wife, which is like that's fucking bullshit. Also, <laughs> yeah, but he already Betsy... got to first
2: base with her. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. like already in the way in the in the in the ring for a home run.
1: I'm, and I'm sorry, <laughs> Betsy, saying yeah, some of us uh, respect our vows. Like, bitch, you had like Yo, a oh yeah, you... with Phantom X and yeah. whatever Didn't Phantom X still... broke up into.
0: Yeah, didn't you steal an Asian woman's body for years? Maybe that too. Like, uh, maybe talk about. We don't respect. talk
1: about that. Yeah, we don't, no. don't about
0: that. We, we don't talk about that. But yeah, um, but
1: like when, yeah, I I can't I can't I can't with Betsy. I'm sorry. I really, no, I can't
2: with her either.
0: This
1: issue
4: was so impeccable to me. Uh, but I was I was wishing it was very. Uh, you all thought Hunger Games. I was immediately thinking Mortal Kombat the movie, and I would I really was hoping. as dinner was being served a bunch of people like wrapped up in ninja costumes would run out and they'd all have to fight each other like in in that one scene but it like it really like it's just it's incredible to me because it plays out like the mortal Kombat like general storyline of everybody showing up for this ridiculous tournament and which is it i'm actually it's funny like i can't even remember and i'm i feel like in mortal kombat it is it's outer world not other world which is just so funny to me um So, but no, I just, I, I, I can't tell if it's better or worse that this release alongside X-Men 14, because it's like, it shows you the complete difference in quality and not that the writing in 14 was bad necessarily for X-Men, it's just it's like, just, it's just this lazy. is all you it's needed. Lazy. Like, this is that sort of the channel like you were talking about, to me, this is that forward moving momentum. It's still not enough action, but it sure is like, oh, these are real characters doing real things instead of just expository narration about something that happened years ago that we're just trying to fill in the blanks, even though we filled it in 17 times already uh, on every issue that you've read about this series. So. Mm-hmm.
0: What, what? So Saturnine's not going to be dead at the end of this issue, obviously. It's so probably well, a
2: body it, double.
0: Yeah, or or just... Oh magic. my, what if it's that,
4: what if it's the fish magician that's always walking around? She's mm.
0: like <laughs> a body <mighty> double.
4: <laughs> They're just like, fuck you. Um, what a... What a great way to spend a couple of pages on this storm and uh, death dance. It's just so good. So, so wonderful. Yeah. Um, Who, like, uh, who do we find as like the worst dinner guest who really wasn't standing out for you in this i realized as i was flipping through while we were talking that i forgot cable was in this issue yeah
2: oh, i yeah. know i was literally looking through it yeah, you know, like, just recapping yeah cable has i don't even think he has a line but i, I will say my least favorite guest is betsy because yeah she's my yeah. least favorite
3: i want to say uh lady roma of the fae because i wanted her to do more yeah like she looks too. so cool i was like can you do more stuff like
0: yeah <laughs> anything hey, and also the colony queen like show up to dinner dressed to impress and she did and i really appreciate that she looks great
4: uh magic jaspers was doing the most this issue and i oh yeah that. i love
0: i love that he's basically just a party planner now he has like and he'll make a little <laughs> view, and he's just like well the quiches aren't here so i'm pissed and you're like you could literally make those but i love it yeah it's so good
2: <laughs> i know this is the wrong vintage of grape. Who do I have to murder to get a good <laughs> glass of wine? Like, <laughs> oh my
4: gosh! Well, looking on uh, page two of the Marauders issue, you find a delicious five course menu that never seems wow. to make its way to anyone's
2: mouth or the oh, table. Right? <laughs> I didn't even look at this menu. How did I miss it? <laughs> yeah, not a single bite reached. Well, especially because Wolverine, you know, kind of kills the party.
4: Right. I, is there anyone that stood out to you the most? If you quickly have it open, there's urine covered salad. There's not that one, not
1: that <laughs> one. <laughs> Look, what
4: are, what are, what's top crop for you? Uh,
1: the seven blood wine ferment, fermented from the extracts of the nobles. That's some vampiric goodness right there. <laughs> um, served in the stemware harvested from the crystalline bones of lunar bats. Like that just sounds amazing. Like yeah. that is just like, High gothic hammer film, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Castlevania, just wonderfulness. Chandler?
2: Yeah, well, I'm just, so looking at this course, the the third course makes me like really mad because it's so bougie. <laughs> A chef's tasting of raw <laughs> delicacies originating from the Dryadore Sea. Each bite is the last of its kind. <laughs> Amazing. Like, you're eating the last of its species. Enjoy it. Mm. But also, I thought the sea was poisoned by... Famine and war and, and everybody. So now I'm like, why would anybody want to so be from that sea? They got the
0: last shipment, It sounds like I
2: guess. Yeah, they pulled out the last creatures before the whole sea went
0: dead. I will uh, say the dessert looks like shit. Chill oh, cream it of good. Neptune, glaciers eh? with honey drizzled fay wings. What? So it's like chunky ice. That's disgusting.
2: No gla- glaciers, which are like oh, kind of like eclairs in a way. Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> <He's> from- <laughs> He this, doesn't know better. He's from Florida, this, Chandler. No, this, yeah, you saw how we voted. Um, no, it's it's so sad because I used to party plan, too. So I'm like, I should know that <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, Chris? Well, um, I was just going to give a shout out
3: to the fourth course. Because how awesome is it that your food is um, serenaded by Opal Luna Saturnine's personal choir? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's that a is horror- great. It's cooked to perfection and they sing to it. That's gotta be the next level meat there. What I'm interested
4: by that the most is like, do they do that for three days straight? Cause it's supposed to be for three moons, it's dried for three moons time. Or like, do they have, it's like you only go during the hours of like midnight to 2 AM or you just kind of like toss yourself in.
3: (laughs) Do they repeat songs?
1: Yeah, it's
0: it's just (laughs) under the sea
1: over and over again.
0: And and yeah, and then they're like pissed. They're like, "This tastes like a repeat song." Honestly, I asked for an original. So (laughs) fourteen
1: over and over again. Um, but uh, what what's your least favorite dish or least appetizing dish?
4: Definitely the fucking urine salad. Yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah, that's gross.
4: (laughs) Although I I think that we were I was informed from Brent that it maybe comes from a different place. I don't fucking know. I was like. It still sounds great. You wouldn't have put urine if you didn't want it to sound gross.
1: Yeah, so for I guess. Me,
2: go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Chandler. Well, I just, I mean, we're going over other courses, but the second course of bugs stuffed with brain mash. Yeah. That sounds like uh, something I, w- I wouldn't eat.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I would. That's exactly what I was going to say. The second one, because it actually reminded me. Do you have y'all seen Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? The mm, one that of came course. out, like the one that's set in India. So little backstory, that movie came out the year that I moved from India to the United States and I was living in a small town in Georgia. And went to go see the movie, all my classmates did too. And when I got back to school, they're like, oh, is that what you eat at home? Like the beetles and the snake and all that. And it was so triggering. And I'm like, no, I'm a fucking vegetarian. Uh, (laughs) Like we don't eat any of that stuff. We don't eat chilled monkey brains. This is all nonsense. So the scarab stuff with the Pharaoh brain mash and the wine reduction, the wine reduction I'm sure is lovely. But that was just very, very triggering to me. I just wanted
4: you to be like, no, i eat sea leaf salads. I'm a vegetarian. I got s- squid urine all over it.
1: <laughs> it's delicious
4: <laughs> um, no one no one spoke about this ghost fig dried age in the crooked market. That actually sounded kind of good that, yeah funny just is good. that description. That just good. That description, because of the devil winds flowing from spoke it smell, It sounds like LaCroix. Like, they're just like, that's the new LaCroix flavor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that does not sound like something I would necessarily want to eat at any point in time. Uh, let's talk about physical feats. So Isco is ambidextrous. Which arm is your
2: stronger arm? I'm actually ambidextrous as well, but I, I primarily oh. favor the right, but I can use both.
3: Uh, Wait a minute! What, Chandler? <laughs> this is something new. I've never known about you. And I've Chandler's known you verse. Since, like this on a time. Your verse. I'm <laughs> you verse. ambidextrous. Your hand, verse? <laughs> hand <laughs> verse.
4: Are you top arm or bottom arm? I'm ambidextrous. <laughs>
2: uh, no, but I do favor the right hand. But I but I have found that I can write and throw and whatever with left.
1: Yeah,
4: mm. that's really impressive. I'm a righty. Well, right. I feel like, are we all right-handed? I'm
1: left-handed. Really? I, am, I, that, uh, Kayla,
4: yeah. I, I was just laughing in my head. I'm like, I can't believe Chris doesn't know that about
1: Taylor. And I'm like, I don't know. Caleb's left-handed for shit. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> just like my politics, I'm left-handed. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, I That's why I have the worst handwriting in the world. Have you ever noticed, like, left-handed people, the way they write, like you write almost like upside down right and like I, in elementary school like i would get a's and everything except handwriting and penmanship that i'd get like c's because my teachers couldn't read what i wrote it was really kind of annoying
4: and you were like fuck you
0: bitch we're gonna invent computers one day 50 years from now it's <laughs> lefties handwriting is wonky i've dated like surprise, like long-term dated like four left-handers i don't know why uh, but, like, it's always, like, fucking crazy chicken scratch upside down, inside out. Oh, place. yeah. So weird. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh,
4: follow-up question. Which one is your stronger leg? <laughs>
0: um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My third
3: leg. Adam. There we go.
2: That no, that's me. the answer you're <laughs> looking for
0: that was the terrible joke i was looking for thank I you i was
3: just about to say it stole it right out of my mouth <laughs> sorry chris sorry. bitch
0: you know who's got a crazy leg though when wolverine is stabbing saturnine at the end Mm-hmm. that yeah. thing is chunky
2: i thought like the bottom half of his leg was ripped and i thought that was skin
0: right yeah
2: <laughs> but no it's just the coloring but i still am, i'm all about wolverine skin so i'm not oh, mad yeah
1: yeah. but the best legs the best legs i'm sorry adam uh chandler and i agree it's 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 Bay's leg Bay's legs are fucking thighs for days yeah. like you know thick thighs save lives uh it's mm-hmm. wonderful
4: they've done such i mean we say this every time and hopefully chandler i know this isn't your favorite crossover but uh you hopefully would also agree that the amount of that the design work that pays off for these characters is tremendous. Like, I just feel like no matter how and where this crossover goes, because to see these this amount of characters being generated and introduced and also all of them being interesting for at least either story or looks or jokes, like they've really got a full house of people you kind of are interested in, even if they're not necessarily like fully developed right now, it's just like, ooh, I want to see more from all these people. absolutely
2: i just noticed that there's there's but there's some missing from the party because i don't see the ivory spire guy at this party oh Oh,
0: yeah white sword yeah yeah. white sword yeah yeah
3: he's kind of a loner now he doesn't really get along with anybody except himself and his sword well
2: and wait was annihilation there too i saw apocalypse but i don't remember seeing annihilation or maybe she had the helmet off and it just oh could
0: be yeah i yeah i didn't see her there either Huh, Hmm. Uh, okay, so the sexual question I would like to ask you guys is-
4: For those that that don't know, homo superior always has a sexual
0: question of the week. All right,
2: let's hear it.
0: Um, So if you were about to go into a battle that you would potentially die from, would you have sex the night before or would you not do it, be battle ready? And if you were to have sex, of the people in the in tournament, who would it be with? Kalen, I'll go to you first.
1: Definitely had sex before because you want to be like, you know, get the nerves out of your system. And, uh, you know, I'm as gay as they come, but probably magic.
4: Fair. Interesting choice.
1: Um I would
4: I would say oh sorry Chandler you go. Uh,
2: no well no I mean you were you were talking but I uh yes the answer is yes sex before and the answer is always Wolverine for me.
3: Oh. Mm. Um I kind of want to say yes sex before and this is so weird but like I would do it with death. Ooh, because yeah. when we get onto the battlefield death may not want to take me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and also, uh, you you do a doggy style, right? Oh my god! <laughs> yes, oh god. shame. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, would oh
3: you boy. go?
4: Would you go with the underwater sex, or would you just do it in a normal bed?
3: I uh, both. All <laughs> the <be> above. <laughs> uh,
4: sex on the water bed. I've played that game before. <laughs> I want to teleport to I one of the. I
3: want to teleport to a pyramid. Do it in the Sphinx. Ooh, I, Ooh.
4: Like um, I would just go on a cuddle date with storm
2: oh. <laughs> she would definitely no, make you feel good yeah uh,
1: like she's not gonna
4: cuddle you no she's we cuddle, cuddle. but like we would cuddle and like make out a little bit we talk about our like dreams and what our lives would be like together and like we probably like diddle each other a little bit but i don't know if uh, the day before a battle it'd be really hard to like be really hard
0: if you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i i think you would get in your head or whatever or not get in your head but um i think i i would definitely have sex or at least try like you said but i i would try to have sex with iska
1: because,
0: oh because she can't lose and i want to see how that works out like sexually Yeah does, exactly. does, does that mean you we we both win together does she just win do i win? like I like, is that the one time she can give her power away? Like I love, Ooh. I, I, I think it just know. means
2: that she gets to finish and you just can't.
0: Yeah.
1: She always right. wins. She throws you I, off of her. <laughs> and, and she's, and she's,
0: I die? she's this verse.
1: She's also. She's verse. She remember? Yeah. she's to favors both sides. She's
0: ambidextrous. We don't yeah. say verse anymore.
3: <laughs> Chris. Chris? Okay. I want to change my answer now. Because, like, I'm trying to think strategic. I was thinking romantic. But now well. strategically, um, I want to have sex with Jim Jaspers of the cricket market. And <laughs> let me oh. tell you why. Because that bitch, he's got access to everything you need yeah. in a battle. Okay? And he's the, all got the good food. And all the good food. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh my god okay i, I can oh, respect so that
4: I um that. i have one last contestant because i was i i wanted to bring up this panel because i forgot about it but uh thick-ass apocalypse from x-men 14 is yeah. exactly who you want to be going to bed with before you go to battle so okay
1: can you keep your your thick-ass daddy fantasies off this podcast Come even though... it, <laughs>
4: Kalen. <Look> at him. <laughs> you look at him
1: i have been <laughs> um all
4: right any other topics we haven't covered on these two uh lopsided issues <laughs>
2: uh i don't think so all right, well, um, uh, yeah i don't know i i don't think i have anything to add i mean like i, I did enjoy marauders Um, I really look forward to them really picking up the pace and doing something with this crossover so hopefully and also what's going on on Krakoa like you know like little little bits of that and now that you know some of the fiercest fighters are off island like why are enemies not taking advantage of that where is the Cerebro sword yeah
0: thank you yes what
2: uh
4: what if like the sword fighting is literally just chapter 21 and that's it it's just every single fight happens in one issue and they're like
1: yeah it's just it's the backstory of Arako and Okara over and over again but from different perspective but it's still Len Francis uses art the same goddamn panels I'm gonna kill somebody. I'm gonna, yeah. I, I swear to God, it's, I will. It's
0: James's Jaspers. Like, like. well, I think Krakoa, and he's just crazy. Chris? Yeah.
3: I was gonna say, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, okay, so here's the thing. The swords was mentioned, I think it was Wolverine. Somebody said it when they got there that, you know, oh, this is just to show that we're worthy of being here. Like, mm-hmm. we're probably not even gonna use the swords. So yeah. what if what if this whole like you know what if it's mean. a test of will or a test mm. of in- yeah. intellect? Mm. Mm. You know what mm. if it's not even a sword fight?
0: Mm. They're just playing
1: settlers. Yeah, catan. Yeah. yeah, something.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> a cook off. <laughs>
4: uh, all right. Well, wrapping us up. What's uh, everyone's shining sword moment of the week? Chris Chandler would love to hear yours first
2: my Shining Sword moment of the week. I'm gonna go with Magic's one-liners. I mean, they really brought me life. Um, calling, you know, Pogger Pog a chonky dinosaur and whatever, the, the chair of the, whatever, the card of the chair of asses. All of that stuff was just really, I was loving it. I was loving it.
3: Uh, for me, it was storm and death, rising from the pool of mermaids and octopi everywhere uh, on a clamshell even back into the
0: party yeah that was my moment oh so good uh mine was wolverine speaking in the way that we all would have if we were maybe in this situation being like hey maybe you should have just fucked it like her maybe (laughs) and then and then when it doesn't work and he doesn't want to compete in the uh, like thing just stabs the host which we've all done at a party so it makes sense yeah
1: yeah I think my favorite. Uh, I mentioned earlier, just Gorgon and Magic sizing up Iska, and Iska sizing them up in return. Just the dropping of the cups, uh, and then you know her picking them up. Magic uh, getting them through the portal. Just that scene just made me like so excited and so happy.
2: My one thing I just wanted to say about that is uh, Magic gave away a huge card by showing off her teleportation skills. Yeah, oh, oh, she. Oh. I, if I, if I would think. She was just showing off, but really she gave away a big thing that, that, that none of them knew about her. So I was yep. a little mad at her. I was just like, oh, why you got to show off, girl? Like, you had <laughs> an advantage that nobody I, knew you were a teleporter.
0: I'm so worried for magic. She keeps being like, well, I'll be fine. Uh, me? Yeah. I'm a sword fighter. And you're like, it's- shut up. Just she- shut up.
4: Now I picture her like halfway into the mouth of Pogger Pog and she's like, live Cypher, live for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm with you, Chris, a huge fan of death and storm dance and just that fucking cover of Marauders is such a beautiful image. I want it framed on my wall. I should go hunt that down. Uh, Well, so next week we've got Marauders 15, Excalibur number 14 and Wolverine number seven. We've also got Jason from the Wolverine podcast that goes snicked. But he doesn't fucking matter this week. Chris and Chandler, you are both so amazing. Thank you both for being here. Can you tell us where listeners can find you?
2: Well, thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate being back, but I don't want to be back on Homo Superior again. I want to be on Kiana and Vicky Talking <laughs> Swords. So that's my next wish of being a guest on Talking Swords because it's my favorite thing on the planet
3: uh-huh, chris can
2: tell us where people can find
3: you. well i mean <laughs> i'll come back on homo superior i had a lot of fun <laughs> like, i'll be back but you know if anybody wants to check me and chandler out we go old school with the claremont stuff and we dive into the vintage issues and you know you get to learn all about our friendship and our adventures working in the entertainment industry in hollywood go to at xreadspodcast.com on social media and Chandler, what about uh, on Spotify and all those networks?
2: <laughs> you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. We are there.
3: Yeah, what he said. <laughs> awesome. Thank
4: you so much. And Kayla, and tell us where we can find Homo Superior.
2: Sure. Uh, you can
1: find us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud. And please interact with us on Twitter at Homo Superior X. And Instagram Homosphere podcast, where as Chandler mentioned, we have our new morning talk show of Vicky and Kiana talking swords, and it's usually happening every Tuesday. We've done about I think four of them so far. We've got another one coming up, uh, and hopefully at some point we'll have Chandler on as a guest. Chandler, <laughs> do you have do you have a persona, a drag persona name?
2: i don't i don't No, Ooh. but i, I definitely want to be a field reporter or something
1: yeah.
0: yes. <laughs> well, 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 we, we luckily we know them so we can speak to vicky and kiana and see what they say
2: okay good <laughs> they, yes they are i want to
0: work with yeah no, i
2: no. i can imagine i want to know who does their wardrobe though <laughs> mm. uh,
1: like uh, we drags, really need to
2: meet the stylists
4: <laughs> and, uh, the local goodwill is just so helpful to them, is what I hear.
2: <laughs> and I want to know more about the hats that they love.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm, now I'm all interested. I got to see this show. Oh, Chris, you have
2: to watch Talking Swords. It's it's the like most highbrow entertainment I've seen in
3: ages. <laughs> 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 really, Man.
2: yeah, it really speaks to a
4: lot of today's issues. I think. <laughs> I love
3: classy entertainment
4: oh yeah mm-hmm.
3: oh,
0: in this fantastic. krakoan climate i think it's necessary <laughs> you know
4: so chandler chris thank you both so much we've been homo superior uh talk to you later Bye. bye, bye.
3: bye.